welcome to the When's My Time podcast. I'm Ozzy Eyre, founder of whensmytime.com, and I aim to be your boss's worst nightmare. Well, it's now Wednesday the 14th of April 2016, and uh, if you were listening yesterday, you'll know that I recorded two podcasts yesterday on the 13th, and I said I was going to record a third, and indeed I did record a third. But I'm not quite sure what happened because um, I lost the file. I went to edit it and something went drastically wrong and um, I lost it. So I'm recording it again. It's a real shame because I tell you, 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 you'll never know what you missed. It was the best ever. It was on fire and it was a one-time only deal, I'm afraid. I was giving you all of my secrets to to everything. So uh, there we go. I'd solved all the world's problems, but it was a one-off deal and we missed it. So you're going to have to put up with this one then. Okay, so what I was going to talk about, and what in fact I did talk about yesterday, was prejudice. But this is going to be a very different podcast, because I don't script these. I just, um, well, it's pretty obvious to you that I don't script them, I'm sure. So they, um, I'm, I'm shooting from the hip, I suppose, on, on these. So I wanted to talk about prejudice. And when you talk about prejudice, most people think other people are prejudiced, don't they? And that in itself is a prejudice, isn't it? Um, it sort of goes to prove they're all. And what I'm not talking about here, uh, necessarily, although it encompasses these, should I say I'm not talking solely about these things, are the things that we most commonly think of when we talk about prejudice, and that would be matters of race, it may be of sex, sexual preference, uh, sexual alignment, that sort of discrimination, political prejudices, or, uh, and particularly in my own UK, class prejudice and education prejudice. Those are all types of prejudice, and they're easily classified, but Prejudice in itself just means to prejudge something, doesn't it? Uh, prejudice. Prejudice. It just means we make up a mind about something without any evidence. And I'm going to stick my hand up. I do it an awful lot, more than I should. I try to fight against it. And nothing, I can tell you, nothing pleases me more than to have my own prejudices dismantled by experience. I could make up my mind about somebody, and it may be negative. It may be based on their appearance, uh, the way they're dressed, the way they speak, their accent even. I mean, that is a big one in the UK. Their manner of speech. It can be anything about that person. I won't do it consciously, but we'll make our mind up. And we will have, within a few seconds, a packaged image of that person. We've, We've already made our own story up about that person. And typically, I'm afraid, that tends to be negative. Not all the time, but typically it will be negative. And nothing pleases me more. I genuinely mean this. For for that person to say or do something that totally confounds the idea that I had in my mind of them. And I would say that a lot of my personal growth comes out of those moments. So what I'd ask you to do today is, first off, Open up and be honest with yourself. You have prejudices. We all do. I've yet to meet anyone who genuinely doesn't have a prejudice. They may think they haven't, but it's it's a bit like, I suppose, the AA meetings. You know, the first step is, I've never been to one, so uh, in fact, I haven't had a drink in 15 years. But I think the first step is to admit that you've got a problem, isn't it? And admit we have a problem. Admit we have prejudices. Particularly at times like these, because in my own UK, we had a general election last year and we earlier this year, we had the election as to whether the, or not the country should stay within Europe. 
and there were prejudices on both sides. I, my own view is still that we made the wrong decision on that one, but that's my view. I admit there's certain elements of the other side that make me have prejudices about the reasons of most people who voted to exit the EU. But that's not fair. I know that's not fair. I know it's on an intellectual level, that's not fair. Some people made that decision based on a thorough analysis of the facts. Most I still believe didn't, but that's my prejudice. I haven't got any actual empirical evidence of that. What I have is a small sample, shall we say. So it's wrong of me to assume that all people who voted for Brexit were basing their decision on fear and all that sort of stuff. Equally, I know that people on my side of the argument did it based on their prejudices. They didn't do it based on any particular argument. It was just on the way they felt. And to a degree, I'm in that camp as well. In fact, I wrote a long article last year saying that I didn't think the question should have ever been asked because I didn't think the UK public would ever educate themselves enough to be able to make a decision properly on that that score. And I still think that. I don't think it was a question that should have been asked of us. And I believe that, irrespective of the result. And interestingly enough, some people call me undemocratic for that. (laughs) That was their prejudice. It wasn't a question of democracy, it was just a question of people making a decision based on no knowledge, which is what prejudice is all about, isn't it? It's making a decision based on no real knowledge. Now, we've got a similar thing going on in the US right now. Uh, There's the election coming up later this year, and all the Hillary supporters think all the Trump supporters are idiots, and vice versa, all the Trump supporters think the Hillary uh, supporters are idiots. And they're not. They're not. Of course there are idiots among them. You could point at any crowd and say there are one or two idiots among them. But they're not all idiots. And the issue we've got now is that people have so much more scope for voicing those opinions. And it's not all good. I'm all in favour of free speech. Don't get me wrong. I am all in favour of free speech. But social media now provides such an environment, a febrile environment, not for debate, but for just bashing one another's ideas, not for putting forward positive ideas of our own, but for knocking down the ideas of others. And honestly, I think it's time we all tried to move back from that a little bit, took a step back. And I don't want to sound preachy over this, but let's take a step back and try to see the other person's point of view. Try to see what it is that's motivating that person to think that way. Try to understand how they came about that decision that they made. And who knows, we may be swayed by that argument. That's a scary thing to do. If you've got an entrenched view, to open yourself up to information that challenges your view, that's a scary thing to do. But it's also the right thing to do. Because then you'll be making a decision based on sound information and sound intelligence. Now, obviously, it could well be that the information that you glean in that just confirms you in your own view, provided you're analysing it properly, confirms you in your own view. And then it's up to you, should you feel strongly enough about it, to persuade the other person of your argument. But don't bash them over the head with it. Just explain, look, I understand totally what you're saying there, but this is what I believe and this is why I believe. Now, at the end of this, I hope we can stay friends. 
but I, it's important that you understand. I've taken the time out to understand A, what you believe, and B, why you believe that. I just happen to have come to a different conclusion. This is why, and I hope you'll do me the courtesy of listening to why I feel the way I do. And we can still stay friends at the end of that. We can learn so much about each other and stay friends at the end of it. And not only do we learn so much about each other, we also grow as individuals. We grow in our understanding. It will help us in all walks of life. It will help us both as a person, but also professionally as well. Now, I'm aware this has come across as rather preachy, and it certainly isn't the episode that I recorded yesterday. I know I made that joke at the start, but I don't remember what I said yesterday. But I know it was different from this because I know this is new today to me. I know that yesterday I talked about when I first encountered the concept of prejudice. And I, in fact, I will tell you that story very briefly. I was very fortunate in my junior school. We call them junior school here, I think, in the US uh, and Canada. Maybe you call them elementary schools. Would that be right? School that you go to until you're about 11 years of age. Well, at my junior school, uh, when I was about 10, not in the last year of junior school, but the year before that, when I was about 10 years of age, I had a teacher who was pretty enlightened. This is going back to the 1960s. Uh, she was pretty enlightened. And in those days, there used to be, and maybe there still are, there used to be schools TV programs broadcast during the daytime so that the teachers could plan their lesson around these specific TV programs that would fit in with the curriculum that those pupils are learning. I, they call them students now, don't they? But that's students to me are people who go to university. Pupils who are what go to school. That's what I was then. I was quite happy to be called a pupil. Um, so forgive me if I use the old terminology and, and seem like an old fogey. But this teacher, she was pretty enlightened and she had noticed that there was a TV programme that was scheduled, but it was designed for pupils in around about the 16 to 18 year age bracket. So much older than us. But it was about the horrors of apartheid in South Africa, the horrors of the regime in South Africa. And it explained the politics of the situation, but it also explained the violence and all that sort of stuff. And I remember this programme very clearly. She took the brave decision to show us that at 10 years of age. It wasn't, it was way above our heads, but she knew she had confidence in us that we would be able to watch that and understand to a degree what it was about. Now, I have to tell you, I grew up in a small mining village in Derbyshire and I literally never saw a black face. I it just immigration hadn't happened then or it hadn't stretched as far as my village the most exotic person if you like that I knew was a friend of my dad's he was a, a Polish friend of my dad's who had come over during the war he'd escaped Poland during the war and fought bravely uh, over here and stayed married to a woman he met over here and stayed here um, a chap called Alpha he was a super guy but that was the most exotic that it got for me I never saw a black face, apart from maybe the occasional trip to Nottingham, which was a few miles away. But that was a very rare occurrence. So I could not possibly understand what was going on in Africa. I wasn't aware of it. But I remember watching this TV programme and being shocked by what I saw, shocked to the core by what I saw. And having at that moment, although it was childlike, an understanding that this was fundamentally wrong. 
And that was the moment to where I, I sort of pin my early recognition of this thing called prejudice. Now, that was followed up shortly afterwards. Within weeks of seeing that programme, uh, there was the shooting of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And again, I'll be totally honest, I hadn't heard of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. until it was on the news that he'd been shot. And I asked my mum about it, and she explained who he was. I don't think in honesty that she understood fully. Uh, how could we? <laughs> it was not something, it wasn't our daily life. And I've talked about knowing and understanding that, and the difference between the two in earlier podcasts. So while I know about the struggles under apartheid, while I know about the struggles that led to the civil rights movement in the US, there's no way I can understand it because I, I was never subjected to that prejudice. I was never subjected to that oppression. Does that make sense? But I know in my heart, I know in my right deep down in my core that it was wrong. And I've known that since that teacher showed me that program way back then. Now, it's just a short step to recognising what prejudice is, to then recognising it in yourself, not in relation necessarily to race, not in relation to politics, but just in relation to everyday things, making your mind up about people. And if we can step back from that, we're going to save ourselves so much trouble and we're going to learn so much more along the way. So again, I hadn't intended this to be a preachy one and it's not meant to be a preachy one. It's just a, look, let's all fess up, say, yeah, we have our prejudices and we're going to do our best to shed ourselves of them. Is that fair? Let's all be friends. Now, I know that's an airy-fairy wish and it's never going to happen. But let's all work towards being civil. How about that? Let's be civil with one another. Look, I, I never normally plan these uh, podcasts. I, I sit down and I, typically, as you'll be painfully aware, I'm sure, I haven't a clue what I'm going to say before I start talking. But today, because I knew I was going to have to re-record this podcast about prejudice, I actually thought about a great quote. And it's a pretty famous quote. I'm sure you've heard it before. It's from Carl Sagan. And it's called The Pale Blue Dot. It's, I'm not going to read the whole of the script. I mean, The Pale Blue Dot was... I, I'm sure you, you'll have seen it on TV. It was inspired by an image taken from space of the planet Earth. And in this image, the Earth is tiny. It is indeed a pale blue dot. And here's what Sagan has to say. I'm sorry I haven't got Carl Sagan's voice. I mean, those rich tones, you're just going to have to put up with me reading this. But uh, I'm, I'm going to try and read this to you and um, see what you think. Look again at that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love. Everyone you know. Everyone you ever heard of. Every human being who ever was lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering. Thousands of confident religions, ideologies and economic doctrines. Every hunter and forager. Every hero and coward. Every creator and destroyer of civilization. Every king and peasant. Every young couple in love. Every mother and father. Hopeful child, inventor and explorer. Every teacher of morals. Every corrupt politician. Every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on a moat of dust, suspended in a sunbeam. 
The Earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. Think of the endless cruelties visited by the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner. How frequent their misunderstandings. How eager they are to kill one another. How fervent their hatreds. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all those generals and emperors so that in glory and triumph they could become the momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. Now, I wish I could write like that. I wish I could declaim that in Carl Sagan's voice, but I hope Sagan's message gets through to you. We're on a tiny dot. Our troubles are nothing. We're here for a moment. I talked yesterday about how fleeting our life is. Don't let's waste it on those prejudices. Don't let's waste it on those petty arguments. They don't matter. Let's instead create significance in our lives. Let's instead live our lives on purpose. Are you up for that? Thank you so much indeed for listening. Look, if you've enjoyed this podcast, if it's meant something to you in any way, Firstly, I'd ask you to tell your friends about it. Secondly, please head over to iTunes, hit subscribe, and then leave me a review. Tell me what you like best about this podcast. And leave me a bunch of stars as well. Uh, Rating is always helpful. Five stars is such a lovely number. But seriously, the reason I ask you to do that is not to stroke my ego, as I've said many times before. It's to help this podcast rise in the rankings. That way, it's going to be found by far more people. Now, if you want to contact me directly, you can do that. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Aussie Air. That's O-double-Z-Y or O-double-Z-Y-E-Y-R-E, at Aussie Air. Or, if you can't cram it all into 140 characters, email me, Aussie at Wednesmytime.com. Aussie at Wednesmytime.com. Again, you can tell me what you like about this podcast, what you hate about it. Look, if you don't like it, please tell me and tell me what it is you don't like about it. I can't promise that I'm going to make the changes, but I'm always interested to hear your point of view. I'm always interested to hear your story as well. So tell me about your story. And with your permission, I may well feature it in a future podcast. And talking of When's My Time, you know we've got our own website, When's My Time website. Now, cunningly, I've hidden that at whensmytime.com. You can head over there and you can help yourself to a video there that's about 40 minutes long. And in that, I reveal the top 10 things I've learned since I decided back in 2010 to leave corporate life behind forever. Thanks so much indeed again for listening. I've been Ozier, founder of whensmytime.com, and I'm here to tell you, your time is now. <laughs>